Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, we hope that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. And welcome to episode 220 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast, if you're counting. And uh, we are hoping that you are catching up if you haven't started with us from the beginning. And uh, Pastor, we've been doing this a long time. It's exciting to yeah, see that. it's been a while. And uh, it's uh, great to see people continuing to listen, continuing to join, continuing to be a part. And uh, we appreciate you doing that. So get out there, invite your friends and family, uh, text them. Get on your uh, whatever uh, social media you use, uh, and use it well, by the way. And uh, that way you can introduce other people to uh, Connecting Faith to Life. Yeah. Do you use social media well, Pops? Uh, I don't use it as much as I used to. I just don't have time. But, uh, you know, it takes time to use social media, and I don't have a lot of that anymore. So uh, I do what I can. You do what you can. I just kind of keep up and hit hit like signs a lot. So. You, you, yeah, you like people. It's yeah. a job to keep up with social media. It is, and I've got like uh, you probably have very similar. I got like almost fourteen hundred people following me. So uh, yeah, because you're so you're so popular. Nah, it's just I've been doing it forever. You know, <laughs> the and older I, you are, and pretty much everybody. Yeah, pretty much everybody. You know, um, uh, when they say that, can I be your friend? I say sure. Because you're such a friendly guy. That's well, why you're our connections, Pastor. I guess so. Because you're such a friendly guy. I guess so, Pastor. Hey, you've been at Northwood now for, what, six years? Almost six. It'll be six, uh, I guess, yeah. Getting close to six anyway. Maybe five and a half, five, eight months, whatever it is. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, it's been a while now. Yeah. So. yeah you're, you're still connecting people. I'm Every still day. trying. Still trying. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah do a great job. Hey, so we've got uh, Jonathan Edney with us today, Pop. So Jonathan Edney yeah. uh, is a dear friend of ours. He uh, is. If you're part of the Northwood family, you probably see him around a good bit because he pastors the Brazilian church that meets on our campus. And not only does that, he also uh, heads up through the Brazilian church, ESL, English as a yes. Second Language, yes. that meets on our campus, which we have um, some of our people are involved in that on a weekly basis. And that that's a that's a labor of love because that's that's work. It certainly is. That's yeah. work. But they're ministering to quite a few internationals and so I thought it'd be fun to have him on the, oh, this the is great. podcast today to talk about uh, not only the work that God is doing mm-hmm. in the Brazilian church, but also the work that God is doing in the international community because the international community in our area is just exploding. Mm-hmm. We have people from all over the world that uh, are calling Charleston home. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, um, you know, a few years ago when there was a crisis in Afghanistan. Right. Uh, we have a lot of refugees that have mm-hmm. come from that country who are now in the Charleston area. And I know Jonathan works with some of those as he's teaching them English as a second language. And yeah, it's just a lot going on. Yeah. It's so exciting to see it it's going good. on. And, and, and we're hoping and praying that as the days uh, move forward, that uh, Jonathan's ministry will be even more uh, fruitful and that we'll be able to support him well as they you know, call Northwood their home base of mm-hmm. ministry mm-hmm. And, and minister off of our campus. And we want people to engage the ministry with him. So, Amen. yeah, good Amen. conversation. Yeah, so uh, Brazilians speak Portuguese. So for those that don't know that, and it's Brazilian Portuguese. And uh, we used to do a broadcast at Transworld Radio when I was there, and it was Brazilian Portuguese. We broadcast into Africa because of Mozambique and other places that did not quite speak uh, European uh, Portuguese. 
So it helped a lot to have that kind of language over there. So interesting, interesting little story. But we're going to let Jonathan well, tell us a little bit about his church. How's your Portuguese, Bob? It's terrible. I tried so the name of the church. Yeah, I tried so hard. I'm not even going to try on on air, but I tried so hard to do it, and he tried to convince me to do it, and I, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to let him say the name of the church and tell us what it's about a little bit. So. Go ahead, brother. In in Brazilian Portuguese. Well, thank you guys for, for having <laughs> us, uh, having us, having me this morning. Yeah, man. Um, it's quite the pleasure, and thank you for hosting the Brazilian Church here on Northwood Campus. The, the partnership has has been beautiful, and so I'm thankful. Yeah, because y'all that. been so, on our campus for what three years now? Three years. Yeah, yeah. we y'all, just celebrated I mean, y'all just three years celebrated in September. Three That's right. And, That's right. And it's grown a lot. I remember Woo. the first Sunday you guys were here. Yeah, it was a bunch of us uh, Americanos <laughs> and a few. Brazilians, and that was it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We had what, we had about eight, eight or ten it Brazilians, was, yeah, yeah. my family, and about fifty pastors who wanted to see what was going on. <laughs> yeah, right. that's right. Um, that's which right. is great. Yeah. Now, but now you don't have many of us pastors have, attending. No, you have, now we're the only Americans that yeah. are, uh, my family. Is yeah, only, yeah, yeah. Only so, which is really Americans cool. That are coming. So, so backstory. Okay, so we you you launched the church on our campus three years ago, but you and your family had served in Brazil. For how many years? I forget. Five, six? Just under 10 years. Under 10. Because, okay, it was that long. It was 10 years you guys were there. Yeah. Had to come back to the States uh, uh, for some various reasons and have planted yourself here, but still a heart for uh, the Brazilians. Mm. And that's what led you to um, pastor the Brazilian church. So so give us the backstory. You were with our Inter- International Mission Board 10 years in Brazil. Kind of remind us how you ended up in Brazil. Well, we'd like to say the joke is the IMB tricked us, um, but no, the, the IMB is a blessing, and, and we right. definitely are saying don't be naughty, give to Lottie. Um, right, right, oh, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, so we, we loved our time with the IMB. Um, Been paying Lottie all for years. That's right, yeah. right. One of these years we're going to get her paid off. Um, <laughs> but uh, we, we joined the IMB with just that heart for the, the nations that really began here in Charleston. Mm-hmm. Because you grew was, up in this area. I did. I grew up in Somerville. and mm-hmm. I went to Trident Tech, went yeah. to CSU, grew up in, in this area, went to Somerville High School okay. under John McKissick. Um, but yeah, so so local guy. But then I realized like Spanish is going to be a really good tool to have in my tool belt. So mm-hmm. going through college, I started taking Spanish and noticing how many folks were speaking Spanish in restaurants and at jobs. And, and tying that together with my faith that was growing during college was going, hey, I can use Spanish in order to, to reach my, my new neighbors or, or see what God wants to do with mm-hmm. that. And, and he took me overseas. So then the IMB did ask, hey, I know you know Spanish, but as you're considering moving your family, we have need to reach UUPGs, unreached and unengaged people groups yeah. in Brazil, just yeah. across the border. So mm-hmm. you might use Spanish, but you also might need to learn Portuguese. And so wow. that started a journey of learning another new language right, right. in order to share the gospel in Brazil. And when you were in Brazil, what city were you guys in? Mainly in Manaus. We moved a couple of times. We were in the jungle most of the time. Yeah. But uh, the city of Manaus, if you look that up on the map, it's a city of three million, but there's no way to get there except for by boat or mm-hmm. by plane. So mm-hmm. it's locked up in the jungle. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you guys were on, on the Amazon and just doing all kinds of crazy stuff. On the Amazon, and, and we need to get you down there because I, I know you like to, to fish because yeah, be there's awesome. some wonderful fishing and there's some beautiful people that need to there's hear the gospel. There's piranha, right? Yes, there's piranha and peacock bass. There's all kinds yeah, of good fish that are great. only found in the Amazon. Yeah, we need, we need to take a road trip. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be quite the road trip. <laughs> quite the road trip. Yeah. yeah, I know we've talked about that before, but that would, yeah, that'd be... Because that'd be, you, you guys haven't been back, or you have been back since you came uh, home. Only you went back home? to close down the house. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. So you, you came back here, 
after 10 years of ministry, and that was a big transition for your family because I know you yes. guys had some ambitions to be there a bit longer and just because of circumstances had to get back here and those kind of things. But um, but you came back here still with a heart for the Brazilian community, and you knew that in Charleston, it's a growing community of Brazilian people. It is. It is. So, yeah, we, we came on medical leave in 2020, early 2020, about three weeks before the world shut down. Right. Loads of fun. Yeah, so you know, made just some time. Glorious. Yeah. Um, and, and so that, that did prohibit some of our healthcare uh, access, but also our access to get back into Brazil. And so we, we were saying, all right, what now, Lord? Yeah. You know, we, we're here in the U.S., we're here in the middle of a pandemic, and, and we want to hear your voice. Mm-hmm. Um, at that same time, some of the churches in the association here were saying, hey, we, we noticed the, the Hispanic community and the Brazilian community and the international community are growing, right. and we need more folks who are willing so to jump So for those who are listening who just aren't necessarily aware of the different ethnic communities that are yeah. represented around the Charleston area, the Brazilian community, it has grown pretty significantly oh, yes. in our area, especially in our area, like North Charleston, Goose Creek. Absolutely. Um, do you have any idea contributing to factors as to why that community has exploded so much in the Charleston area? It, it really was already big, but mm-hmm. in 2008 with the housing crash, right. a lot of folks had to, to go in different directions and, and left the Charleston area. And so it's rebounding now. In two, 2020, we were looking at probably about 4,500 Brazilians mm. that were here, mainly in the Goose Creek area and right. in North Charleston. That's since doubled in the last few years. Gracious. And some yes. of that can be tied to different administrations coming in politically right. and, and then the feeling about whether the border is open or not. But for why Charleston? That's always yeah, my question, yeah. whether it's it's at the Brazilian church or, or new kids that are coming to the ESL kids, students, right. uh, that are coming for, for English classes. So, what, what made you decide on Charleston? What made you decide on Goose Creek? And, and generally, it's I had some sort of contact that I knew I could trust. Mm-hmm. Someone that could actually kind of give me some orientation about how to live here, maybe a job, maybe how to get a house. And so that'll just build community yeah. really quickly. And why Charleston on top of that is, yes, it is a good place to live. Yeah, I mean, we bad. like our city. Um, it's easy to get a job in construction. Mm-hmm. So if you're working in flooring, if you're working in framing, you're working in shingles, doing even... It, concrete work or remodeling your bathroom, you're likely to be working with a Brazilian around here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so construction's easy. Tourism's a big deal for our city as well. So we need help with cleaning hotels and cleaning our Airbnbs. And so it's easy for folks to get into the day labor trade here. So if I have some contacts and I know I can get some Brazilian groceries up on Red Bank, uh, then then I can can come and make make a life here for myself. Yeah, yeah. And, and, if you're interested in Brazilian groceries, there's two really good restaurants oh, yes. on oh, yeah. Red Bank. There's, well, I can't think of the One's there's the Steakhouse. More. Yeah. I, mean, I only know of two because that's where I've been with you. We need to go find some others. There's yeah. another new one that has opened since then. So where we said 2020, that yeah. the, the population is about 4,500 of Brazilians. The Goose Creek mayor just this year, a couple months ago, said that the, the population of Goose Creek is probably about 20% Brazilian now. That's wild. 20% of oh, the whole, whole, whole town of Goose that Creek is, is Brazilian. And, and so that would push our numbers closer to 9,000 plus of just Brazilians and not Spanish speakers um, in the Goose Creek area. So there's another grocery store that opened up uh, further down Red Bank okay. and another restaurant that's opened up that's all Brazilian that. owned okay. and Brazilian okay. ran. Yeah. Well, I know the first place you took me, it was yeah. it was restaurant slash grocery. What's the name of that place? I can't. Delicious, you mean that? Yes, yes. That's a good place. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And then we went to the steakhouse. Yeah. Um, we've gone a couple of times. <laughs> I can't think of the name of it either because I can't pronounce any of it. But Sean, Sean Goyano. That what he said. It looks like 
C-H-A-O for all those listening and want to get some good food. Yeah, so if you want a Brazilian steakhouse experience, that's the place to go. Because there's one downtown that's nice and very expensive. This one's expensive, but it's not near as expensive as no, the one downtown. Third price, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's third price. And, and it's good. Like it's, Is this one in Goose Creek? No. Yeah, it's like all-you-can-eat <laughs> steak. I mean, that's a, that's a dream come true. I'm headed up there for lunch. Yeah, yeah. it's all-you-can-eat. I mean, it's like 25 bucks. Really, I think we, yeah. inflation is probably a little more now. But when first opened, it was like 25 bucks. all-you-can-eat. Yeah, yeah. All-you-can-eat steak. Oh, it's amazing. I watched a whole show on how to, how to go to one of these places. You just go there and give me the steak. Yeah, but give me the steak. But there's all kinds of different cuts. I don't and, want bread. I don't yeah, want just, lettuce. I just, want steak. I'm here for the meat. You're leaving a meat coma. It's wonderful. <laughs> so but anyway, so we have this growing population. And backstory. So three years ago, we planted uh, the Brazilian church on our campus. Jonathan led that effort. And because there there are Brazilian churches in our community, but really not a lot of Baptistic Brazilian churches, right? That's correct. Yeah, we, we, we do have a few Assemblies of God and some Pentecostal churches, yeah. and, and then there's some ministry at the Church of the Nazarene in Goose Creek. Mm-hmm. But no, they're not doctrinally aligned with right, us, and so right. there's no, no Baptist work, no Presbyterian work, or even Lutheran work. And so it was, it was minimal and, yeah. and no Baptistic work at all. So we had a Char- Charlestonian, an American white boy, yeah, yeah. planting a Brazilian great? church. That's incredible. Let's do Tell it. us about that. That's a little bit odd. It's, it is a little bit odd. Uh, it, it is definitely in the line with cross-cultural ministry yeah. for us <laughs> going and learning a different language and, and learning about a different culture and saying, hey, I want to express the gospel in the whole council of scriptures mm-hmm. in your heart language in a way that you understand it. And so that does take some weird effort yeah. uh, to, to say, hey, I want to know how you tick. What's your worldview? How, how, how is your, your point of view on life? Mm-hmm. And how can I not change the gospel by any means, but help explain the Bible in such a way that really applies to your life. Connects faith to life. Right. Can I, yeah, I like that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We should yeah. do that, that well. Uh-huh. Yeah, we should. So so help help us to understand. So I, I pastor Northwood, and Northwood is made up mostly of na- people who are, I was going to say Native Americans, but that's not right. <laughs> well, we are um, Americans, and we are we're Native made up at this of point. people who live in the United go. States, who are from the yes. United States, you know, just regular folk. And so, so how I pastor my church um, is a little bit different because I'm not reaching necessarily uh, um, a group of people that have immigrated here from another land and all those kinds of things. Um, they're welcome here, but that's not typically who shows up. And so, so, so tell us the challenges of pastoring a church where you're pastoring people who've immigrated from another land compared to what I do. What's different and what are the challenges? Wow. Um, big question. Yeah. That's a good one. Thank you. Because, yeah. That's what I do. Good questions. That's a good questions. Good questions. Because there's a lot of similarities. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we often say that folks can come into the Brazilian church six o'clock Sunday night here on, on campus and, and have a little bit of that international experience, mm-hmm. but you'll probably recognize a lot because some of the structure of what we do in church, we want to maintain. We want to say, hey, we're, we're being biblically faithful. So right. sometimes I just say, hey, we're not going for American culture here. We're not going for Brazilian culture. We're trying to find that healthy middle right. of saying right. Bible culture. That's right. And saying we're going to stick to the scripture. So there's some things that just look straight familiar. Mm-hmm. There's some songs that you'd say, hey, that's my favorite hymn that they just translated. And so there's a lot that's very similar. But for how do, do we minister, one of the biggest things is in, in the different worldviews and different cultures is how we view time and space. Mm. And, and so one of the big differences that we would see instantly is if you come into to our congregation, you come into that chapel on, on Sunday evening, you're going to get a hug, not a handshake. Mm. 
because mm. we view space different, we view relationship different, mm-hmm. and the Brazilians are very passionate, and they're going to want to love on you well. Mm-hmm. They're going to want to receive you well even as a guest. So mm-hmm. guest guest services, let's start a hugging ministry. I do a lot of hugging already. There you go. So come I, on. I'm, I'm, I'm half Brazilian, must be. Yes, I love it. That's awesome. I welcome, even when they come up front, I, I, I get the comment that you always hug people when they come. I come to the front. I said, yep, that's okay, right. Okay, now we need an air cheek kiss. Uh, so just that so little side, side. Air cheek, explain yeah, yeah, you that. Put, you put your cheek to, next to the cheek and you give a little kiss to oh, the air. Okay. Yeah, a little Latin American, Brazilian. Yeah, Very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure we're ready for that yet. It's not the French thing, though, where you kiss Whoa. the cheek. Depending on what part of Brazil you're from, there is kissing on the cheek. There's kissing next to the cheek. There's kissing two cheeks. Okay. And so you have to wonder what region, because Brazil is the fifth largest country in the world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the different regions uh, actually do have different practices on that. And so, yeah, greeting one another yeah. with a holy kiss well, takes I, on a yeah, whole new meaning. I, I think we'll stick with our American ways on saying more. Important. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's, there you go. I'm not about the kissing yeah. thing quite yet. Um, but, but it helps to understand. Like, you start yeah. to yeah. see, like, yeah. oh, that's why this is, this is you know, and, and if I don't greet with a hug, and I, I've got six feet between me, and I'm trying to give a high five, they're going, does this person not like me? Right. Right. And so it helps me to understand, like, okay, this is why they do that, and this is why it's it's different, but okay, mm-hmm. um, and just in how they understand the space and and the the community amongst us. Like mm. we're we're just a huggy people. Mm. Mm. Um, for for time, yeah, I'm not sure that I have ever started a church service on time, um, just because relationship is more important than time. Mm. So if I've got really good, again, we'll go back to our welcome center. If I'm, I'm if I'm in a really good conversation, like. I'm not going to stop just, just to start because it's time to time. start something else. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And so the relationship is more important. And I would actually seem rude if I said, hey, "Yeah, let's let's stick to the watch." Yeah. Uh, we had some indigenous brothers. We worked a lot with indigenous up in the jungle and going to the tribes. And he said, "Man, you 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 folks from outside, white man, whether you're Brazilian or from the states, uh, the indigenous we call you the white man." Uh, he said, you, "You the white man has all kinds of watches and nothing of time." Mm. Wow, because you don't have time for me. Well, that's yeah, profound. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I was like, man, I, I've got to, I've got to live that different. Mm. And so, how we pastor, yeah, how we preach, has to reflect some of those things of community, of hugginess, of relationship is more important than time. And all of a sudden, I'm starting to preach just a little different. Yeah, the way I com- communicate yeah. and the way I connect with them as pastor, not just preacher. Mm-hmm means as much as the sermon. Yeah, yeah. Now, we so, would argue as pastors and preachers, we, I, mean, I need right, that scripture. Right, right. But uh, yeah, yeah, how I relate to one, one of my congregants uh, also matters. So as an American who's pastoring a Brazilian church, um, how, has, how has the Brazilian community received you and your family? We, we get that weird advantage of, yes, we are Americans. Mm-hmm. And so they, they, they know that we're not one of those Brazilians. We're not in the same culture. Mm-hmm. And so we get a little bit of different grace mm-hmm. uh, in that, that we don't act exactly the same as their culture. But at the same time, there's a really good reception amongst the Brazilian community because I'm trying. Because you're trying. That's I'm right. trying to know them. And I'm showing that, that interest and that care for them and yeah. their background yeah. and their story. And so that, that gains me a lot of confidence and love. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm sure, so, right? Oh, for he, he actually cares about yeah for me. that that Brazilian family that comes to the states for whatever reason, uh, they're not running into that a lot. No, if if we're we're maintaining our space and yeah. you do your life and I do my life and don't get in front of me, uh, that seems extremely rude yeah. to them because yeah. they're used to hey come come be my family come be right. my new family my adopted family, and 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 so if we don't show that we can actually yeah, so in, without meaning to. 
communicate a wrong message. Yeah, so in, in your family, they found an American family that's embracing them and their culture and trying to live among them in, in their cultural norms, right? That's right. Yeah. Cool. That's right. So, and, and you guys have seen some success. You started with 50 pastors, and <laughs> but now you, you're, you're 50, 60, 70 people that are coming on Sunday evenings, we're, Brazilians. Yeah, and we're, we're on people a come to right faith now, in about Christ. 80 people. 80 people. Okay, well, yep. that's um, huge. That's a Brazilian megachurch. Basically. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, really, it, basically is. it really is. That if, if you know, we, we, if you play the fun games that the North American Mission Board, or even IMB, would mm-hmm. teach us about church planning and how to do that well, mm-hmm. if, if we got to 2% of a people group, that would be less of a priority for the IMB. Right. Let's say that right. people That's group right. is not reached, but not unreached That's right. anymore. And so, man, if we can say there's 9,000 Brazilians in Goose Creek and 10% are members of our local church, praise, praise God. And we got a little bit of a mission force that can go and, and yeah, make a great absolutely. impact in our community. Absolutely. absolutely. And so part of the way that you guys have been able to impact community through the Brazilian church is through ESL. Yes. So just, just kind of briefly talk to me about ESL, how that came about. I mean, and that's obviously reaching Far more than Brazilians. It's That's reaching right. Brazilians, but it's reaching others too. Just kind of, and, and again, our people are involved in that. We want to see more of our people involved in that as the days move forward. Uh, talk to us about ESL and how you got into that and what you see God doing there. Some of our heart has been been doing the opposite of what happened to us. Mm-hmm. So we moved to Brazil. I didn't speak Portuguese, had some Spanish, and was seven months pregnant, where my wife was, um, when we showed up in Brazil with our second son. And so we, we had great needs, and we had... Um, healthcare, you know, we, we needed to have a baby. And so we needed to know all these different rules of the road and the culture and the language and we're learning from zero. We just felt like babies mm-hmm. trying to learn life again. And there were kind people that cared for us. There mm-hmm. was kind doctors that tried to figure out how to translate for us. And, and, and then we had to learn Portuguese and it was difficult, but we did it. And so we just knew coming the opposite direction that that was going to need to be a, a real need that we could help with here. Mm. That if folks, whether they've come this way or that way, or this visa or that visa or this country or that country, they've come through some trauma. So they need some compassion and they probably didn't come with a ton of English. Right. And so uh, can we meet a real need through English classes uh, to help these people as well for us as the church is not only yeah. we're meeting a real need and helping their quality of life, helping them actually be a good part of society here, but we have the opportunity to sh- to preach the gospel to right, right. a ton of nations that are now living in Charleston to say, hey, you haven't heard about my Jesus yet. Mm. So let me teach you English, mm-hmm. yes, and let me pray for you. Let me introduce you to Jesus. And so it's, it's definitely a ministry to meet a real need right. as for well sure. as, as gain sure. access to preaching the gospel to the nations. So one of our church members, Hannah, has been real faithful to kind of lead yeah. that effort with you. And you've seen that multiply. I mean, you, we do it here on our campus, but there's some other ESLs within the community that you guys have been able to help mm-hmm. start up. You're moving into some corporate ESLs, right? You're doing yeah. some, some, some business, if you will, with McDonald's. I mean, so it's really yeah. blossomed into, um, you know, a, a, a very wide stretching ministry in our area and will continue to. Um, so talk to us about, so on, on, on Thursday night, that's when you have ESL on our campus and on a typical Thursday night, how many internationals are coming to be a part of what's going on on Thursday nights. Yeah. Um, we like to say in, in, in church planning, sometimes you're just throwing spaghetti at the wall and right. seeing what will stick. Right. And so I, I, I tried to start an ESL, English for, for Second Language ministry here and had like five guys showing up mm-hmm. and it just kind of flopped. I was like, okay, Lord, what, what, what do we need to do to kind of revamp this idea of ESL? And that's when the Browns moved to, to Northwood right, about that same right. time. And, and, and you and Logan helped connect us and saying, hey, let's, let's do something a little bit more organized. Let's mm-hmm. try this. And so it was a huge 
huge blessing and just in the right time when Afghanistan was closing its war and we were going to get refugee services opened up in Charleston again. And so here we had this huge need and we had people ready to try to organize that. So yes, we started on one night a week. We said, we'll just decide on that. We know we're asking a lot of volunteers. Mm -hmm. So let's pick one night a week. Let's advertised by mouth alone that we do have this available. Mm -hmm. Let's use this book. And so we just kind of put some structures together of saying this is what it would look like and maybe we can have 50 students. Uh, We've now registered over 400 students in the last two and a half years. Mm. Not everybody sticks because it is a ministry. It's not a school program. It's it's a volunteer program. We really focus on conversation practice a lot. Uh, but on an average Thursday night, there there's an average of 90 people from different nations that are here on campus mm, to mm. learn English. So outside of the Brazilian community, what was the largest group of um, internationals that, that are here? Venezuelans. Venezuelans. We have a ton of Venezuelan refugees that have come to town. Yeah. But on, on a given night, there's, there's at least 12 different nationalities That's that are wild. represented here. We have Syrians, Afghans. Ukrainian refugees are now getting resettled here in Charleston. Um, Cuban, we have a few Cuban families that are coming. I love those Cuban families. They're so they're so passionate. They're sweet people. Yeah. Um, yes, some from Mexico, Honduras, and and, mm-hmm. and um, different parts of Latin America. So for that person who says, "Man, Jonathan, that sounds really amazing." That on our campus we have twelve different nationalities that are typically represented here on Thursday night. I would love to be involved in that, but. I can barely speak English well, much less a second language. <laughs> how do you, how do you how do you help that person understand that there's yeah. a place for them to serve, even if they're the only language they know is English? Yeah, uh, that that is actually ideal. Yeah, to only do it in English, we want to create an environment where the students actually do have a safe landing place mm-hmm. to come and practice comfortable people, kind people who are willing to actually talk with our, our students. So you don't have to have a variety of these different languages. You don't have to speak Portuguese or Farsi or whatever. English is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and English is what we're trying to help them with. So a, a, a kind smile and a warm embrace and a little bit of English can go a long ways. And we don't know how these small little seeds that are getting planted all over, yeah. the, how much that fruit is going to produce there. So that that is one encouragement. Practically, though, we have a variety of ways that folks can get plugged in. Mm-hmm. So they said, hey, I don't have the gift of teaching at all. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yes, I can speak English, but I can't really lead a classroom setting. We want volunteers that can sit in the classroom, just be a little a runner. That right. can go make copies. That can just be practice. We try to make practice a part of every mm-hmm. classroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually run 12 different classrooms based mm-hmm. off of fluency level. Mm-hmm. And, and so you can plug in and just say, hey, I, I'm, I'm here if, if I need to be a guinea pig in the classroom. If you want to use me as an example for what we're about to do in this conversation, I'll count me in. Mm-hmm. I'll just be a guinea pig or a runner. We have a, a children's ministry. Basically, we're, we're keeping the kids in the chapel. Um, so if, if folks need to drop their kids off so you can come and practice your English with children, mm-hmm. you could be a runner, you could be a teacher, you could drive the van. We have a lot of our refugees that don't pick have up. a ride and we actually go pick them up down uh, Ashley Phosphate and down rivers mm-hmm. a little bit. And, and we actually provide transportation for some of our refugee families so they can come get English practice. Mm-hmm. So how are you seeing on Thursday nights with uh, all the ministry doing, helping these um, these folks to understand the English language. Uh, what about receptivity to the gospel? How's that going? It's it's been mixed. Yeah, it's been mixed. Uh, we have seen some some hesitancy, especially from our Muslim friends. Mm. 
uh, that they're saying, hey, we, we don't know if we can even come to English class if you're going to try to proselytize or evangelize us. So there is some hesitancy, mm-hmm. but we're, we're trying to express like, hey, during English class, we're teaching you English. If you would like to talk about spiritual things, this is my my religion. I would love to have more conversation with you, but please don't, don't say, not come because you think I'm going right, to try to just right. convert please, you. Please, please. I mean, and we so, want them to be converted, obviously. That's but right. You want them to have, have a safe place to come as well, and, and praying that, that the doors will open for gospel conversations. And that allows for a relationship yep. to be built and mm-hmm. trust to be built. And so, yep. you, when when we're able to give them a ride, when we're able to spend time with them, when we're able to show concern for them as a genuine human being mm-hmm. created in the image of God. It, it, it speaks volumes to them, and, and we're praying for those open doors to say, hey, let's let's talk about spiritual things. I don't think any of our, our Middle Eastern or Central Asian folks are opposed to having a spiritual conversation. It just needs to be with good compassion. Right. That's right. And so th- there, there, there's been, that's been the only kind of pushback yeah, yeah, yeah. for other, other communities. When we're expressing this much concern mm. and care for another person and yeah. saying, hey, I, I genuinely want friendship with you. I, I genuinely care about you. We, we, we've done uh, in the last couple of years a, a Friendsgiving for Thanksgiving where <laughs> our students are invited to, to be adopted and go have Thanksgiving dinner in someone's home. Imagine that relationship, even though the conversation is minimal because of the language right, barrier. Right. But uh, to, to have an Afghan in your home and to share a meal and to, to try to share that concern, man, the relationship can yeah, go deep and, yeah. and we pray for gospel yeah. opportunity yeah. in that. So, no, it's it's been sweet. Good, um, good. So, ESL is on Thursday nights at six o'clock. Is when you guys get started. Seven, seven, seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. Okay, I'm an hour off. Seven o'clock. So, if someone's listening and they want to get involved and be a part of ESL, what do they do? We'd just say show up. Show you, up. You can you can contact the office and talk to Morgan or me or Hannah and just say, hey, this is my intention. So yeah. you can contact the church office. But we're not opposed to folks just showing up and saying, hey, I want to try. I'm not ready to teach. Yeah. Or I just, let me where, see what it's about. Let me try a little bit. And We'd love that idea. That's what's blossomed into these other churches. We right. said, hey, we've invited other churches to come see and watch and try mm-hmm. so that they can repeat. And so, yes, we've helped two other churches kind of get their ESL more organized and going mm-hmm. uh, around town. So there's two other nights of the week just right. at different right. locations. But the students use the same book that we yeah. use now. Yeah. So they have lots of opportunities to practice and more contact with other churches. Yeah. So, yeah, you can just show up and we'll say, hey, we'll, we'll help you plug in to, to a volunteer spot. Good. So there's lots of need. Uh, you know, think about 90 people being on our campus. We need help with ESL and get people plugged in. So if you're listening and want to be a part of that um, and you're part of the Northwood family, just come. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, thank you for being here. And you want to mention thank your you. family real quick before you go and well, say hello to them? Of course. I got I mean, my lovely wife, Rebecca. We've been married for 17 years and we have three lovely kids. Benjamin's 14. Matthew is 12, and Gabriella, the princess, is 8. Amen. Well, thank you so much for committing to do this here. While, while, while uh, It's just interesting. You come back here, and to see God use you here with Brazilian yeah. people yeah. has just it's been really glorious. Good. It really it's has really been good. wonderful to see it happen. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for being here. And, Pastor, why don't you close us out and get us ready for next week? Thanks, John, for being here. We really appreciate thank you sharing with us this morning. I think it's really helpful and encouraging. Hey, if you've um, enjoyed this podcast day, if it's been helpful for you, hit that subscribe button so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a five-star review. That helps us get word out about the podcast. And, as always, we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.